Do you like exclusive stuff? Yes, yes sir. sir. Do you like having access to your favourite podcast hosts in a way like never before? Yeah, absolutely. Do you wish you had access to our old Survivor Oz episodes that you can't find anywhere else online? Oh, yeah. If you answered yes to one, two or all of those questions, then get excited because the Oz Network is now on Patreon. <laughs> That's right, your favourite podcast has jumped on the Patreon bandwagon to enable a better listening experience for you, our listener. For more details, simply head to www.patreon.com forward slash oznetwork where you can sign up for as little as $3 a month. It'll be the best decision you make since that last bad one you made. You're listening to the Oz TV podcast only on the Oz Network. Welcome back to the Oz Network for a very late in the day episode of 24 season two, 5 a.m. to 6 a.m. Uh, daylight is coming. Uh, daylight should probably already be there. I don't know why it isn't, but uh, well, well, let's discuss it in a little bit. But uh, episode number 22, we are into the home stretch, the the final three right now, uh, and. Kim is back. We apologize back up front. Kim is back. <laughs> back again. Don't ever do that again. <laughs> You're not the first Never. person to say that to me. Uh, but a uh, little bit uh, of trivia we'll get into in this episode. A first-time writer, Virgil Williams, writes this. He's not a first-time writer, but Duppy Demetrius. Ah, oh, thee. There he is. Or she. Well, is it a he we, or she? We joke. <laughs> we joke, but actually, when I saw that name and I'm like, oh, I got to look up Duppy Demetrius. I'm like, oh, there is a bit of trivia here. But uh, but yeah, ex- exciting Duppy Demetrius and another Ian Twenton directed episode back to back. My name is President Colin. No, 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 wait. Mr. Colin. And my name is Ben. And are you under orders not to listen? <laughs> Everyone well, answer, of this listeners. show ever. <laughs> Everyone is under orders not to listen. Go away. They're Stop not, listening. They're not They're not listening, so they can't answer us. Exactly. <laughs> There's dead silence. It's just like, ee, 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 like crickets. That's not a cricket. That sounded like psycho, but whatever. So often confused. That's what you drive references. them to. <laughs> yeah, exactly. What, what does a cricket sound like? Geek, geek. I don't know how a cricket sounds. I can't do it. Geek, geek. What's that? Get off the episode. <laughs> I, I don't even know what I'm doing. <laughs> We can't Stop making crickets, noises. Apparently. Stop making. This is why this show doesn't win awards. Um, we, we, we just we have to identify the cricket, 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 cricket. There now you know it's a cricket. Cricket is how's that? Yeah, the Australian cricket reference for you. Ha, ah, hilarious. Oh, it's another thing. Just never say it again. Uh, but anyways, before we even get into the episode, uh, I wanted to mention good old Duppy Demetrius, the greatest name in the history of Twenty Four Writers. That uh, I, I obviously don't pay that much attention to the credits because he stuck around for a while after this. But uh, he actually was just the assistant to the producers throughout the first season, the second season. And this was his first writing credit. Oh. Uh, now, his second writing credit, or, or I guess uh, what he's most well known for, and maybe the reason that they brought him on as a writer in the first place, is Duppy Demetrius would go on to write 24 The Game. Oh, which I don't know if Duppy said... You, you, you got to get used to the mediocrity that is season two so you can improve it in a video game. Uh, that, that's the only thing I could think of. But uh, yeah, and and another thing I want to throw out there before we even talk about this episode, uh, you have it queued up. I just want you to scan through the guest starring credits until you get to see good old Billy Burke's name. Um, I think we're going to have some fun with this. But uh, 
I don't know. This episode, I'm not as crazy about it as I was last week because last week was the big one, the uh, the trial of David Palmer. Uh, this one, though, is still another step in the right direction. There, there are a few very subtle things which I think have helped me to understand why I love at least the end of this season so much. Uh, even lines of dialogue that perfectly illustrate what's right about this. So um, I, I'm still I'm still on board with the end of season two. Am I when you say scroll through to see Billy Burke's name? Is this on the episode or on Twenty Four Wiki? On or the like, credits on, on, oh, on during the opening credits. I don't actually have it open, so I can't actually see oh. it. You're gonna have to. Well, I'll just me. say anybody who is watching, uh, we now have somebody to join the butcher name of Jell Jowl Cernow, uh, <laughs> because apparently Billy Girk appears in this oh, episode. <laughs> the Billy Girk. Oh. <laughs> I thought I recognised him. I uh, wonder what he yeah. was up to. Almost as good as Duppy. <laughs> Duppy Girk. Um, <laughs> that's my new favourite name. Um, this episode, like, I was, like, this episode's actually quite good. But then there's just, like, this the, the, the thing that happens in it, it's just so out of nowhere. And, like, yeah. But the, it's weirdly hilarious when it's not meant to be hilarious. <laughs> like, oh, I can't wait till we get to it. Um, like, I actually was, like, really enjoying this episode because it's just, you're right, like, the end of this season and then just, it's the tension. Like, Kiva Sutherland is amazing in this episode. Penny Johnson Gerald, amazing in this episode. Oh, yeah. Even the fucking cartoonish, like, Benny Hill stuff that's happening at CTU is weirdly <laughs> entertaining. Um, like, it's just... It's not Billy like Gurk's at his best. Billy Girk. I mean, if there's one person who should be in this episode, it's Billy Girk. There's no <laughs> reason at all why he shouldn't be in this episode. Um, but like, it's not like the one the other week where you hated and I loved it because it was just so batshit crazy. There's just something about this episode that's actually bloody brilliant. But then it's just like you've got like well one and a half storylines where it's like, what did they just do that for, Duppy? Why are you? <laughs> That makes no sense, but it's kind of brilliant. Um, it's kind of like the Oz Network. Yeah. You listen to it, you're like, what is this shit? But I kind of like it. Um, yeah, this is, this is. Uh, I was looking forward to it. I am looking forward to talking about it. Not anymore. Yeah, you, you ruined it with telling me off for saying things. All right. Uh, <laughs> Ben's not allowed to talk for the rest of the episode. And the listeners come back. I was uh, going to say, yeah, well, listeners just spiked. There they go. <laughs> uh, I, You know, I'm I'm very much struggling with trying to figure out whether season two of 24 maybe was a quick jump the shark season, you know, in these days of television, like even in 2003, if this kind of insanity would be out of place or if this was sort of more in place for the time period. Cause I can remember around this time period, completely tuning out of ER because they were doing such, you know, balls to the walls storytelling and, and completely ludicrous plot holes uh, and that was ER, which had been on TV for a while. But I don't know whether, you know, it, it, if that was the reason why in 2003, I just kind of forgave this show because this was maybe subtle and toned down well, for the Oz 2003 Network TV. In 2022. <laughs> exactly, I just forgave yeah. the Oz Network for not being a professional standard podcast in 2022. That's what they're all like. Yeah. But uh, but no, you're right. Like there are things in this episode just like I don't understand the logic. It's it's the, it's the characters' logic now that you really struggle with. But uh, but it is fun, and there is there's real tension that's back in this episode, including in Kim's storyline, uh, <laughs> which I want to say this is maybe the one. I'm going to put this along with the uh, the liquor store hostage crisis or whatever. That if told in a different way this could have worked i feel like this storyline if this had been placed earlier in the season 
where you're not as tuned into the Jack drama, the Palmer drama, you might forgive it more. But I remember this being the moment, more so than the Cougar, more so than the liquor store. I remember this being the moment when I watched it, just being like, just get Kim off the show now. Like, I can't take it anymore. And as much as I... Just stop it! (laughs) But as much as I initially loved season two, like, this was the low point of the entire series for me for the longest time. And really, it is nothing to do with the storyline itself. I mean, yes, it is in a way. You know, you've had Gary, a character that's a little bit absurd in the first place, who just randomly comes back. And of course, he he sets his sights on Kim. I'm going to kill you, little girl. Uh, like, you want to talk about characters' motivations making no sense. I mean, this isn't the big one we're talking about. But when did this man just go from overnight being a husband, maybe not a nice husband, but being a husband, a professional, uh, to being a serial killer like Michael Myers? Like he literally has become Michael Myers when he's coming outside his house. He's like, I see a cop there. Boom, you're dead, cop. There's another cop. Boom, you're dead. You <laughs> little staring old lady. at me. Little old lady on the porch staring at me, judging me. Boom, you're dead. Like puppy. he's killing everybody. Die, puppy. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> everybody is dead this weekend. Like, where does he get the strength? To do this, this He's is the a Oprah true. serial killers. You're dead, and you're dead, and yeah, you're, you're all dead. dead. <laughs> well, that's that's what happened. I mean, they, they they decided to dismiss Billy Burke and brought in his twin brother Billy Gurk, who's a true to life sociopath. <laughs> this is what happens. I'll bring reality to this. <laughs> uh, that's what happened to Jell Surnow. Uh, he yeah. killed him too. <laughs> that Duppy, 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 just all on board with the killing. Fucking Duppy. Yeah, well, Duppy's is his accomplice. Yeah. Duppy's the guy that uh, that groomed Billy Girk as a killer, apparently. To D- get D- here. Duppy's actually Billy Burke's stage name. So Billy Burke's like he's my <laughs> yes. brother, Billy Girk, and I'm Duppy <laughs> Demetrius, the new writer of Twenty Four. What's that mustache on your face, Billy Burke? I'm not Billy Burke. I'm Duppy Demetrius. Duppy Demetrius. <laughs> <laughs> it's such a made-up name. I'm sorry. I'm not believing that Duppy Demetrius is that person's name. I'm sorry. Can we find him and get him on the show? <laughs> I just want to like talk to somebody called Duppy. Who are you interviewing tomorrow, man? Duppy. <laughs> The Duppy? I'm sorry. When he comes on the show, we have to pull a 24 and just mistakenly put our episode title out as interview with Guppy Demetrius. (laughs) It's like like you come up with stage names like Sting. Sting is not Sting's real name. I I hope it's not. Bono, you know, um, Colin Hilding, like stage names that like (laughs) make sense. But like you know, sitting around, oh, what's my stage name going to be? Oh, Duppy Dimitri. Oh, that's really good. <laughs> I'm sorry, Jack Smiggins is better than Duppy Demetrius. Come on. Sounds oh, more realistic. Absolutely. Jack Smiggins is the greatest stage name ever. That's a man. <laughs> and you can you can follow Jack Smiggins on Twitter. Still waiting for somebody to. <laughs> One day. Other than us. <laughs> it took us how long to get a Patreon, Colin? It's all good. Um, <laughs> oh, we now got a Patreon. We can make our first episode on introducing Jack Smiggins. <laughs> Yeah, so remember to sign up to our Patreon, by the way. Worth all the money. Yeah. <laughs> worth every penny. We've made it worth for a while. Uh, <laughs> uh, maybe that's where we'll put our Duppy Demetrius interview. But uh, but yeah, like the, the absurdity of him just suddenly turning into Stone Cold Killer 
It's so out <laughs> there. Stone Cold Steve Austin. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the bottom line. Because <laughs> Billy Girk says so. <laughs> Billy Girk 316. That's chow down to be. What? What? Oh, God. Um. But but anyways, like I, I think if you if you were to remove the absurdity of Billy Girk coming back from the dead or whatever, and uh, I mean, how did he recover from Miguel's karate kick for one thing? I mean, that's well. what pushed him over the edge. Yeah, have you ever seen the movie Falling Down with Michael Douglas? No, he's just a, a completely normal guy that just the littlest thing pushes him too far one day and he snaps and he goes on like a, a rampage. That's that's what happened. That, that's when that's the moment. Where Miguel kicks him, that's the moment where Billy Burke became Billy Girk. <laughs> Billy and Burke you know, is dead. You know how powerful um, Miguel's kicks are? He lost a leg. That's how, um, that's how <laughs> powerful <laughs> his kicks are. He didn't lose his leg in the car accident. It was when he kicked Billy Girk in the head. It just fell off. It's like Dumb and Dumber. His head fell off. Our pants' heads are falling off. <laughs> My boyfriend's legs are falling off. <laughs> He's so good at Bring karate. <laughs> that's, that's why he was so depressed. That that's why he broke up with Kim. He's like, oh, I can't karate kick anymore. It's over, Kim. Uh, you know, Daniel Craig has his little finger and Miguel had his little leg. <laughs> oh, yeah. Fuck that leg. But, but, but otherwise, the tension of this whole Kim sequence is good. Uh, so credit to how they filmed this, you know, with her hiding the closet and the, the killer coming after. I do question what Billy Girk is finally. Like, he's got all these secret hiding places. And like, I'm pretty sure that you were just a businessman. I don't know, like, like what, 21 hours ago. So now is he Mr. Spy? Like I get his gun came from the cop outside, which apparently he's, his hands are lethal weapons. <laughs> he's Mel Gibson all of a sudden, but he opens up this lamp and he's taking out like what his fake passport. And like, is this how you're going to get it? Like when was he, how long was he planning this? It's just, I don't get secret agent Billy Girk all of a sudden, but the whole sequence of, you know, Kim being chased, going into the closet. Like I laughed at this for so long. I would look back on this and laugh at it, but like, it is well filmed. It's just, a get. it's like, the it's like the cougar you know if this was the only time this happened to kim you'd be okay with it but the when she calls jack that's i think where it gets really good because now you've gone from the audience being teased every single week oh we're finally done with this kim drama no something else is going to happen this is the only thing that's left i mean unless the cougar comes back for revenge uh as <laughs> cougar, <gonna> better <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> free films is the cougar stalking in the house <laughs> Dad, I oh, think the cougar's dead. Be... Can we just get Duffy Demetrius on to ask, how come it wasn't the cougar that came yeah. back to get him? Yeah. <laughs> but uh, Jack basically pulling his Liam, this is pre-Liam Neeson, Liam Neeson here on the phone. It's like, he's going to be taking you. Um, <laughs> instead, he's like, I need you to shoot him. And, oh, <laughs> pulls the trigger. Uh, and then it's like, now shoot him again. <laughs> Make sure he's good and dead. <laughs> That's how we do it as a bower. Um I, I like this at a different point in the season. We are so caught up in the stuff that we haven't even talked about yet. We are so caught up now in that storyline and being told it is coming down to the wire. That there's even a line that is so important in this episode where Tony says there is no margin for error. And we have to take a sidebar. Jack has to take a sidebar. 
Kim Jong's like, all right, all right, put her on. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm just, I'm tired of it, it, it being at the most tense moments where they drop in this Kim drama. You did this three weeks ago. I think I would have been more on board with it. Uh, like, this is the most obscure thing to put in a 24 episode. I mean, I hate to say this because it sounds like I'm defending the cougar, but I'm not. But like, even the cougar makes sense in the context of what's happening to Kim at that moment. Yeah. Like this. This just doesn't belong in this episode. This comes out of nowhere. I mean, you literally take like 35 minutes of 24 time to get friendly neighborhood cop. Oh, do you need a hand? Like, so nice. This guy's nice. I like this cop. She's like, no, it's only one suitcase or two suitcases. So off you pop. Again, this is a crime scene, but sure. Let's just, you know, go in there and let people take their shit. Um, But it's just like this whole, like you say it's well shot, like, Sure, but like I, I'm laughing at this whole thing because it's like it is almost like a no Benny Hills in CT. This is almost like Looney Tunes or something like because it's just I feel like you've got Gary going around the house dun 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 dun, dun and like Kim's like <laughs> meep meep like it's just like it just may as well be like a Roadrunner sort of um skit um and then it's just like it's like. I get the writers, you know, good old duppies probably sitting around going like, oh, that Gary, we haven't wrapped up that storyline. So like, okay, uh, p- props to the 24 writers <laughs> to tying up this loose end. Because like, again, if we didn't go back to Gary here, we would definitely be going like, whatever happened to Gary? Um, and there are definitely future seasons where there are things that get dropped that never get wrapped up. And we're going to be complaining mm-hmm. about that later on. So like, you've got to give them props to that. But it's just like... Of all the times for Kim to show up to this house at like 5.45 a.m. that Gary just happens to be there at 5.45 a.m. <laughs> like, make this more, like, have Gary already in the house or something. Like, it just, it just makes it silly. Why hasn't he been? Yeah. Because no cops are stationed there. The only cop that's there accompanied Kim. If he wanted to break into his own house, he could have done this at any point in the last seven eight hours it's and this is where it's like a simple case of tv shows got a tv show because like even draw this out for another episode just have kim like show up to the house and then have her still there next week and then gary shows up next week because like it just you've got to like question the logic of what are the odds of her showing up and five minutes later this guy's on the run from the cops all day shows up at this time in the morning when she shows up. Anyway, Ben mm-hmm. making it way to whatever. But like just the way like um just you know, he comes across her and then like you're right, like he's pulling passports out, like he's in like I just want him to like Kim being in the closet. Kim Bow won't come out of the closet. Um and like there's like there's five other dead people in there because it's just serial killer Gary. Like we're, we're, we're painting this guy out as the most evil guy all of a sudden. Like, I, he was evil because he hit his wife a little bit before. Bad Gary. Shouldn't hit your wife. But then all of a sudden, okay, he killed Carla. Okay, bad Gary. Don't murder. But then it's like all of a sudden, like, yeah, now it's like, ah, ha, ha, bang, 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 I'm a murderer. Yeah. Well, yeah, because like, it, and I'm not, I'm not, again, this is going to sound like we're, we're advocating for domestic violence. We're not, but he had a motive to kill Carla. I'm not saying it's a good motive. A motive doesn't mean that you're justified. A motive simply means you had a reason. In your own mind, you had a Osama reason. Osama bin Laden he had, had a mo- motive for 9-11. It doesn't make it right. Yeah, and exactly. T- there's a 9-11 yeah. reference. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, can we fit a Me Too in there somewhere? Uh, anyways. <laughs> but, uh, but he had reasoning to kill his wife. He had reasoning to try to kill Kim. He has reasoning to try to kill Megan. No reason at all to kill this cop, especially because... He could simply wait and be like, okay, if, if he just wants to get into the house, he could simply wait until Kim's gone. If he's there waiting for Kim, like, are we th- are we to believe that he has just been waiting outside for the last nine hours, hoping Kim will show up? 
I mean, at this point, he's still in his mind believing that Kim is the one who's going to be guilty of the murder because she's driving the car. And speaking of no reason to kill... Um... <laughs> the, the next title of James Bond, 26. <laughs> the thing, like, you talk about this being, like, a scene where it's like, oh, this is where I remember it's being like, oh, I'll just stop it. And, like, when I saw, like, this week, I'm like, oh, God, it's next week's. But, like, I actually was watching this scene cracking up laughing because I just <laughs> love the fact that she's, like, she, like, knocks him out. And then again, it's like Kim Bauer has priority clearance to see to you no matter what is happening. She literally reached out, I need to speak to my dad. And Michelle's like, oh, he's busy at the moment. I need to speak to my dad. Oh, absolutely, <laughs> Mrs. Bauer, as you wish. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, Jack, your daughter's on the phone. We'll put her through. And like, again, jumping obviously ahead with all the Jack stuff. Jack's like, you know, trying to get a chip to stop a war, World War Three. And like, oh, hi, honey, what's up? Oh, I'm at the Messerson's house. What's going on? Gary's here. Shoot him. <laughs> Like, it's just like, I'm sorry. Like, I get the tension of this scene is like, oh, no, Gary's going to hurt. Like, Jack just tells Kim to conduct cold-blooded murder. It is not self-defense. He is on the ground, half unconscious. (laughs) Like, this is where you need there to be, like, a second gun. You need him to be, like, holding the gun at her and he's about to shoot. And then, like, literally he is unarmed. He is laying on the ground. Oh, no, he calls her a bitch. Oh, that's, that's, like... Kim is a cold-blooded murder, and Jack is, a, is basically helping. And, like, I love how Jack, when he calls up Kate, Kate, Kim's been involved in a self-defense murder. Like, Jack knows how to, like, <laughs> say this for legal reasons. <laughs> like, he knows that if this is ever played in court, that, you know, he's playing, like, good on you, Jack, smart Jack, getting away with murder. But, like, again, this Kim, I'm sorry, like, she's a pain in the arse scene. She's got some fucking trauma. Like, she's just been told to kill a person because of her dad on the phone. She didn't need to kill him. Well, and I'm laughing at this. Like, I, lo- I, just, I love Kim Sutherland so much when he's just like, shoot him. And then bang, oh, he's dead, dad. He's very emperor. Shoot him again. Kill him, <laughs> kill him now. <laughs> it's like, I'm sorry. Do Kim it. is like, Kim is going to the dark side after this. Kim is Darth Kim. From well, she point. does. Like, I want, I want us to bookmark not the events of season three or anything like that. I want us to bookmark this moment when we see Kim returning. What is it? Season six, seven, eight, whatever down the road. And, and, yeah. and let's trace her problems back here to where Jack makes her kill a man. It, like, but like, <laughs> Twice. Because I think, what is it? Next week she holds a gun on Paul Cage. Like, you know, Kim, Kim's got a taste for it now. Like, she's tasted blood. That was a dog. You <laughs> put it down. Um, but like, it's, 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 I just, I just was laughing so much. And like, it's it's so well acted, like as as silly and obscure as it is. Billy Girk is incredible. Um yeah. Alicia Cuthbert is actually amazing in all of this. Like this is no disrespect to Alicia Cuthbert. She's brilliant. And like just keep Sutherland on the phone, like, shoot him, kill it, kill him. Like it's just <laughs> but it's just obscurely dumb and it just makes no sense in this episode. But I'm like laughing, going, This is brilliant. <laughs> Jack telling Kim to kill it. Oh, man. Why wouldn't he want... Why do we not love 24? <laughs> and I mean, in all that, I actually... You mentioned it, but I did forget to talk about the fact that Kate's back uh, because who does Jack call? I and mean, he knows he can't call anybody else. They're struggling to get a chopper for him. Uh, so they're definitely not going to go pick up Kim. But uh, he calls Kate. And this is why I love... Kate has had... Let's say not as bad of a day as Kim has, but she's had a pretty bad day. Yep. And Jack's like, just tell the officer outside to send somebody to pick up. Oh, I sent him home. I'm fine. <laughs> she just shake with a glass of wine in the bar. She's got like panda eyes <laughs> going like, oh, my sister's a terrorist and nearly caught in World War Three. Yes, Jack, I'll help you. <laughs> she's witnessed torture. Like she's gone through a lot. 
And she's like, you know, oh, the cop, he was, he was n- unnecessary. I'll be okay. It's because she's be Australian. Good. She's a woman. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> she's tough, freedom tough in Australia. There you go. But like, as weird as it is yeah, that that now, okay, we, we are getting into the last two episodes now. We know we're going to have to have something for Kim to do. Now we have to have some, let's put these two characters that we had no clue what to do with together. Uh, in a weird way, it's just appropriate. Like this is almost the writer saying, Oh, they, they made us write Kate and Kim into episodes when they didn't belong in the story. What are we going to do with it now? We're going to put them together. Super team obscure blonde women. Yeah, the the, the, the Wonder Twins. Wonder Twins, blonde women. We can't think of anything good to do with. Yeah. Blonde powers activate. Put them in danger when they don't need to be in danger. Blonde women, yeah. Form of a cougar. Conduct cold-blooded murder. And again, also... Can we just like not ignore the fact that like a few hours ago, Kate was just um, Jack was just willing to give Kate up to some random guy. Go with him, Kate. But yeah. why, Jack? You said go with him. <laughs> oh yes, Jack. I'll do anything for you. Jack is a very powerful man. All right, that man just yeah. like he can he can basically <laughs> well, you give saw you up him in person. Well, I did. The smell is still on me. Um, it's like <laughs> give him up, for, give someone up for human tra- trafficking. Avoid your daughter for eighteen months while you. How do I living? And now all of a sudden you're telling her to kill people. Like Jesus Christ, that man. <laughs> if only CTU were, uh, uh, you know, around for his charms. Again, this show would be called Twelve. So, yep. Yep. Now, I, I actually, in one way, I was kind of shocked that we just spent that much time on Kim's storyline. But at the same time, aside from the cougar, this is the most ridiculous thing that we get with Kim. So uh, appropriate. I don't even think we get much. Like, uh, besides her pointing a gun on Kate, I don't even remember Kim for the last two episodes. Does she just go back to CTU and does a season one and just sits in a room for two hours, I think, maybe? Um, it must be it. Like, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but... I mean, she's not going to be any part of the final episode for sure. Yeah. Uh, and watch, we're going to have Doesn't something come just... up where we're like, it's going to be one of those moments of like, oh, oh, I remember. Yeah. I oh my God, out. the aliens. I forgot about them. Um, I think, <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure, like, I don't think she sees her dad, but she might, like, there's obviously, I think, a phone call at least, but there's got to be some moment between Jack and Kim by the end of this season. So, yeah. Look at us, big 24 fans, clearly remembering. All the shit stuff with Kim <laughs> is basically over and done with now. I've said that now, and probably next week there'll be something else. So, yeah. <laughs> Uh, Palmer stuff's actually pretty basic and straightforward. I mean, he's going to have a lot of, he's going to have some back and forth phone calls as well. Yeah. This is sad Palmer. This is, this is Palmer locked in a closet now. (laughs) This is, (laughs) this is your girlfriend's old closet. This is Lynn's closet. Uh, but, uh, they basically, by the way, rip, rip Lynn. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I mean, Mike's still mourning, (laughs) but, uh, but they basically need his code for something. Now I, I'm going to say I'm not a politician, but I'm going to assume if there's some type of secret codes that they need, that it will be stored in the president's mind and not in his wallet. Because how many times did him and Lynn go into this closet and he's going reaching for a condom? and Oh, there's my secret code card that fell out again. Armist is picking it up. President, your code card. I'm like, what else is he going through? What else is he keeping his wallet? Because it's not like the only thing. It's not like he has some secret lockbox in his his wallet. This is right next to his library card, his Blockbuster <laughs> membership. <laughs> this is just another item. He's like, here you go. <laughs> President Palmer, organ donor. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and he would be. That's um, a man who would donate his organs. What's some good organs President Palmer would have? 
I just, I just want to move it over there. This is your president of Duppy Demetrius identification <laughs> card. <laughs> Does he need like a president of the United States? Like, so when he goes to like, I don't know, a NATO conference, so they show like ID, please. Oh, president of the United States. Well done. All right, off you go. <laughs> I just want his fake ID. <laughs> My name's not David Palmer. <laughs> it's Duppy Demetrius. It's Billy Girk. <laughs> it's like um, on on Rush Hour when you see Chris Tucker's like police ID badge and he's got it's like his Afro. That's um, that's President Palmer when he was back NCAA like champion. You know, all American. But I mean that basically the entire storyline this week is just going to be and really going forward with Palmer is just going to be him. Trying to win over Aaron and Mike flirting. again, <laughs> flirting, yeah, with Aaron, rubbing um, his legs. I, I do like. Come on, Aaron, get me a phone. <laughs> Twirling his hair. Now, now, now that Lynn's gone, he's moved yeah. his attention onto somebody. He really is Bill Clinton here. <laughs> I did not but, uh, have sexual relations with that secret agent. I did not. <laughs> it was but, a but lie. I really, I really love though the uh, the the conversation he has with Pierce. That uh, Pierce basically saying, you know, I don't think I'm allowed to talk to you, sir. Well, are you allowed to listen? <laughs> I believe that will be okay, sir. <laughs> and then later on, when Pierce is saying something to him, it's like, I thought you weren't allowed to talk to me. It's like, well, I'm just not very good at my job. <laughs> it's so says. flirting. It is. You need to yeah. have some romantic music in the background. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I, Mike gets a little bit involved here. I mean, Mike's definitely still, you know, taking the position against Palmer. Aaron's not. Aaron's being reprimanded here. You're bad, Aaron. <laughs> no speaking. <laughs> bad, Aaron. <laughs> um, Palmer's going to take a phone call or make a phone call to Jack, and this is where they come to. Bad, David. Give me your phone, David. Give it. <laughs> you will get it at the end of class. I love when Mike comes in. Don't make me do this, David. <laughs> no. <Yeah. laughs> but uh And I'm sorry, Palmer would me- kick Mike's ass. Like, come on. <laughs> oh, guaranteed. Sit on him. Whoa. <laughs> uh, visual there. <laughs> we all had to take a moment there to just look at that in context. And it's okay. We all needed that moment in time to visualize it. It's fine. We're, we're only human. He's a big huggy it's bear. Fine. I'm not. I'm not fine anymore. <laughs> I'm a changed man after that. Um, he's gonna have a phone call with Jack just so they can fill him in what's going on, and Jack's gonna let him know that Sherry's there. We'll get to the Why? other side of that in a minute. Why? <laughs> but I love that he's just like instantly. It's like don't believe a word she says. Yeah. Don't trust her. <laughs> oh, bitches be crazy, right, Jack? What are we doing, eh, <laughs> homie? Come on. <laughs> I, that's pretty much it with Palmer. I mean, there's there's very little there. There is a little bit more, you know, on the Jack side of this, uh, the phone conversation. But uh, it's just it, they're struggling what to do with Palmer now. But I, I think that they're making the best of the situation. Of we don't have Palmer for a little while. Let's have him be presidential. Let's have him be a debater and try to win somebody over. And and let's let's also look at it this way. Pierce was a minor character. If we're going to look at what is the first moment where Pierce becomes something bigger. I I would say, yes, we had a scene in an earlier episode, but this is where Pierce starts factoring into the plot a little bit. So when people attach themselves to Aaron Pierce, really you could tie it back to this one scene here and just this entire storyline. And as we've kind of always alluded to, he does become a bit of a deal. Like Glenn Morshower is like, he's brilliant. Like as always, he basically plays the same guy in everything he's in but like um, yeah. still like he becomes such a cult fan uh, well he probably is a cult fan cult favorite 
of this show. Um, I just love Sad Palmer just moping around in his room, and then it's kind of like when he's his car, he's just like, you just feel so bad. No, not the nuclear coach. Like in like season four, it's all about like the nuclear football, right? So like it's um, you know, why isn't this the nuclear football or whatever they call it? But it's kind yeah. of like. In Australia, we, you know, in the early 2010s when we would have a new prime minister every five minutes, um, one, the first time it actually happened, uh, so when Julia Gillard basically challenged Kevin Rudd and then Kevin Rudd lost out, there was this, like, really, like, famous moment. It was actually, like, really sad and heartbreaking. So, like, that kind of all happens overnight and then the next day you wake up and you've got new prime minister and she's doing a speech to the nation and then they're all like, oh, okay, we've got to see Kevin Rudd. Kevin Rudd's got to talk about it. So he just like stands like and he's doing this press conference and he's just like halfway through, he just kind of like stops and looks down and starts crying and you're like, fuck. And like you're just like, oh, sad Kevin. Like it's just like this is what it would be like with Palmer. Like, you know, you're like, oh, whether you like the guy or not, this is kind of heartbreaking. And then later on they like go back to like, that, like you have obviously like House of Parliament, you have debates, so you know what it's like in Canada. Americans are going like, what the fuck are they talking about? But then like, so he goes from being in like the Prime Minister's chair to like basically being on the back bench on the very back row. So they just kind of had this like shot of him all by himself, like sitting there. It's like, dude, that guy was Prime Minister for like 12 hours ago. Now he's just sitting by himself. So this is like Paul Palmer <laughs> sitting in a room like, um, uh, what's, oh, why have I gone blank on that? Oh, by myself. Come on. It was a Ben Water was special in Kill Phil. Um... <laughs> Just singing alone in there. But, um, yeah, I mean, Dennis Haysbert plays a good, sad Palmer. So, good for him and good for <laughs> good Pierce. For for, and are we talking about Prescott here or is it is like, do we give a shit about Prescott in this episode? I mean, he's he, he has a briefing. <laughs> I, I, I just, the thing that I love about, like, like somehow when TV shows do this, and obviously it's a lot more prominent in a show when it is a week-to-week basis and, you know, they've always got to sort of, you know, subtly drop the plot to kind of remind you. It's just I love this whole scene when it's just like, sir, the planes, despite the delay, what delay? They were put in a holding pattern to get fuel. Like, I mean, they're still on the way. Um, And I just love the way uh, Prescott's just like, so you're saying if we attack by this thing, we will still be having our secret attack? It's kind of like two uh, things against a Star Destroyer. Like, it's just, they're just there to literally reiterate the plot. And poor old Alan Dale, he's now the fucking president and he's used for five seconds. Like, Alan Dale's gone like, oh, 24, I'm the president, man. Yeah, like, I'm going to have a prominent role. Okay, your lines this week. I have two lines. Yep. I'm the president. Yep. All right. (laughs) Move on. Uh, the CTU stuff is really not that much more exciting other than the very end of it. Uh, we could basically sum it up by saying Chappelle has a briefing to inform people that Prescott's now the president. Um, Carrie and Tony are sneaking around. Uh, not Carrie and Tony, sorry. Oh. <laughs> Tony really gets around. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Michelle and Tony are sneaking around. Carrie Tony's doesn't like it. such a slut. Uh, well, I, 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 I love, too, that Tony and Michelle's cover. Like, this is, again, this has now become the Tony thing where it's like, somebody's going to call you out. All right, Michelle, just tell them what we're doing then. <laughs> and if she comes up with this cover story, which I, I love that this is a bad cover story that Michelle gives her, too, because she could have said anything. It's like, all right, we're working on a secret project. I'm watching that pornography. A, <laughs> pornography. We're watching pornography. <laughs> But instead, she basically says the very thing that will really work up Carrie, of all people. Well, if you must know, I'm being promoted because I'm sleeping with Tony. That's right. We're having sex and I got a new job. This is that's how a you Michelle get fact. And that's a Michelle fact. <laughs> like, why is this her cover story? But but 
it, it also fits in with we were I can't even remember the moment was we were talking about earlier this season. Somebody out there listening can remind us when we were talking about Both Michelle showing inexperience. Yeah, but there there was a moment if you remember we were talking about Michelle. It's like she's not your your you know really yeah. really savvy spy or anything like that. Like she's intelligent, but like she's out of her element. And this fits with her being out of her element because she even says as soon as she walks away, it's almost like. Well, that was a mistake. <laughs> that was the best I could come up with. I love that um, line when she's like, "Do you think she's And I just love Tony. No, like it's just, <laughs> <laughs> this is just to interrupt quickly. But this is just what I love about the shitness of this episode. It's just like nobody is putting in a bad performance. Not that anyone has. Like even through the shit stuff this year, everyone's putting in a great performance. But just it almost just looks like Carlos Bernard and Rekka Owlsworth are just having so much fun with this. Just the way they're just yeah. like, see, they believe. No, dun dun dun. <laughs> It's Let's just twirl so our invisible mustaches. <laughs> uh, really, what's going to happen is when Jack's on the phone and he keeps saying, "I need give me chopper command." He's asking yeah. chopper command. Chappelle <laughs> uh, won't let us do it. Now, I also want to say Chappelle makes a very good point here, which I think is it's so weird that there are these seasons where you know, uh, not even in 24, but just in anything, TV shows, movies we've covered, we see things from the villains, in quotes, point of view. Uh, and then there's times where it's like, oh yeah, you know, but you, you totally, like, you totally see it from the hero's point of view. We spent so much of the season debating, are they in the wrong or aren't they in the wrong? And really the reason why is because people are doing the wrong things, but the writers have made it a point to justify their reason. That was what I love so much about last week's episode. We finally got the justification from Prescott. We got the justification from Palmer. So we're not just thinking they're a bunch of idiots that they have no clue what they're doing. They just have sort of reserved. And, and Chappelle does the same thing here. Uh, you know, first of all, when they're they're talking about, um, you know, the, the, the president changing and they're like, oh, well, now they're going to send the planes back. But Jack has evidence. And Chappelle says, need I remind you in front of the, all the team leads here, need I remind you that you guys are one of those teams that authenticated that recording. So he's basically reminding him, it's like, we are following your advice and you, you're, they're not even backpedaling now. And then he does it again when uh, they're, they're talking about, you know, Jack's got this guy and he says he faked the recording and they can prove it. All right. Then he's free to bring that evidence in. We need to set a chopper. No choppers. <laughs> it's like, I, I'm willing to listen. And I think that's even a line that Tony's going to have to Jack where he says, are you telling me if I bring you know, uh, Hewitt in, he's, he's not even going to listen. It's like, no, no, he'll listen. He's just, he's not going to help you do it, you know? Uh, and, and I think that's why um, the end of this season works so well is because they're not trying to force, this is the character that's in the right. And you have to hate these people because they push women down the stairs or whatever else. Everybody has their own logic that makes sense in their head. So if the writers have finally gotten something right late in the season here, it is some characters' motivations. What what motivations they lose it on, though, is when Tony and Michelle decide they want to drug Chappelle and <laughs> beat him senseless because he won't give them a chopper. Like, there is no way that they could have snuck into his... Uh, Michelle could have put her arm around him. It's like, hey, Ryan, you know how I get ahead in this office. Oh, really? As Tony sneaks his secret card out of his wallet, right into Chopper Command, dispatch it. Or Tony just goes in. How about he does this to the head of Chopper, whoever the head of Chopper Command was? He attacks that guy and steals the Chopper himself. Then you really gave Tony something to do. Or, He's sitting or, down. You don't have to worry about Carlos Murray's leg. How about he just picks up a phone and goes, 
hey, Chopper Command, I'm the head of CTU, yeah. need a yes. chopper, to which OK Chappelle will be like, cancel that chopper, and it'll be like, well, it's already halfway there, you may as well go there by now. Yeah, exactly. like, like, what's the harm? <laughs> Fire me in five minutes. Like, it's just, it's... <laughs> it's I love the chloroform is just where in the medicine cabinet in the bathroom is this in their first aid kits they just regular everybody's desk is stocked with two things a gun and chloroform well there's a lot of moles in 24 so you never know but like it just just it just again it's so stupid it's like like kids watching this going guys if you don't get your way at work fucking knock your boss out And this is like a trend of 24, like Jack last season. I'm going to stab Mason. Now it's like, oh, <laughs> I just, um, I, had you finished? Like, had you had more to say? Or That's, that's all I can say on this. See, there's a couple of things. Like, I love Chappelle, like when he's like, you've all done well today. You've done your job and you will be rewarded. You're the success of today. Today wasn't a success. The nuclear bomb went off. <laughs> like, I get it. It didn't destroy Los Angeles. But I'm sorry, you found it like 20 minutes before it went off and you still have to debt. Like, at the end of the day, there would be like a Senate inquiry into how a nuclear bomb went off on USA. Again, I'm sure some people died in the Mojave Desert. You know, you've got Johnny and Jimmy going camping. Their family's not sitting around going, well, at least it didn't kill a million and eight million people in LA today. Good old Johnny and Jimmy were a sacrifice. Need Like, a nuclear bomb still went off on US soil. You did not do your job that day. Mason um, did his job. That's it. Yeah. And then I also love the fact where it's like, it's like, oh, yes. And the people who decoded that recording will be rewarded more. What's their reward? Like they wake up the next morning and there's a ceremony and it's like, da, 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 da. <laughs> everyone gets a trip to Bermuda. <laughs> when you get home, there's going to be a second floor on your house. <laughs> like, <laughs> But I just, I love this, like, a 20, the 24 guidebook. Rewards. Half-stopping a nuclear bomb. Second story on your house. Yes. Um, but also, it's like, I get, like, Chappelle's whole thing where he's, like, basically firing Tony. Like, you'll be reassigned. Like, what, an hour ago? It's like, I can't afford to replace you. Um, again, like, you make a solid point. Like, the people behind these motives, which are sort of the evil motives, like, yeah, like, you're right. Like, Chappelle is like, oh, well, you guys are the same people who are sending us. We're doing your own advice. But, like, again, Tony has a very... Like, Tony's on fire this episode. It's like, why are you so against trying to prove this is wrong? Like, like, what harm does this do? Like, again, like, let's let's say, like, you wake up and it's like, oh, here, Mr. President, here are all these terrorist attack threats on your breakfast, as you say, we have every single day. So all of a sudden you're like, oh, okay, so, yeah, there, there was this threat to drop a nuclear bomb on Los Angeles, <laughs> but it's completely gone now. We've authenticated. It's fake. Okay, cool. I'm going to have my Cheerios. Oh, wait a minute. Maybe it's not. Maybe there's a slight chance that nuclear bomb could go off today. Nope. You said it definitely wasn't going to happen. So I believe you. We always it believe. It definitely is breast cancer. <laughs> exactly. Oh, okay, sir. Ten minutes later, boom, nuclear bomb goes off. Like, I mean, it's like, again, it's those levels of, like, I'm totally more Team Tony here. When it's like, like, he Tony's just like, dude, like, fucking, like, this will take five yeah. minutes. Helicopter to West Hollywood. Picks him up. We've seen how quick people fly around in this city. He'll be back here in five minutes. Worst case scenario, we're going to question this guy. He's going to be like, no, I didn't do it. And then for the third time, Jack's called cried wolf. Because everyone knows when when Chappelle's like, he's cried wolf two times. Well, like, I'm sorry. I remember the story of the boy who cried wolf. It took to the third time until (laughs) you realised 
Like the first two times he was being a little shit. The third time there really was a wolf. So everyone knows the boy who cried wolf. It's the third time that you really need to uh, know he's telling the truth. So therefore, third time lucky, Chappelle. After three times, forget that guy. Let him go back and mourn Terry. Like he's fucked up three times. Absolutely. Um, but just try, I just love the way Michelle's like, uh, yes, um, Jenny at uh, District wants to talk to you. Put her through. Oh, no, the, the line's down, sir. You've got to go to conference room B in the next seven to ten minutes. Oh, I will be right there, Michelle. And I love, like, he walks in. Where's Jenny? And <laughs> But, like, this is the guy who's been sent from district. He's a busy man. Every time we've seen Chappelle, he's on the phone. He's talking to, like, Jono down at, like, reception. Like, he's busy. He's knocked out for five minutes. Nobody's going to be like, where's Chappelle? Like, <laughs> Well, you know what else I don't understand? Michelle calls him on the phone in the room that he's like, well, put them through. No, that the phone's not working in there, sir. I just want Chappelle to be like, who am I talking to then? <laughs> You like, again, that's Michelle's inexperience. But, like, again, I love, like, the logic of these characters because, like, they're literally assaulting their boss, okay? <laughs> so even in two hours, spoiler alert, when we save the day, like, I'm sorry, you're still going to jail. Like, I mean, Jack still had to have a Senate committee last yeah. season. He still nearly, like, threatened a, a presidential candidate. Like, there's still crimes being committed here just because you stopped World War Three. Oh, well, you stopped World War Three. It's all good. You, oh, you scallywag knocking me out with chloroform. Oh, it happens all the time. Like, it's just, oh, God, this show is amazing. Uh, like, yeah, I, I, so I love, Duppy's literally I, just gone, fuck, how are they going to get a chopper? I don't know, Virgil. What are we going to do? Fuck it, chloroform. <laughs> fuck it. When in doubt, but knock I your also, boss out. <laughs> that's what I, you know, I, I to say. So- when in doubt, knock your boss out. <laughs> With Tony's face on it, <laughs> T-shirt. <laughs> and that's a Tony fact. <laughs> but you know, something I hadn't actually thought about until you said it was him Him talking about, you guys have all done your job today. And forget about the fact that a nuclear bomb has gone off. Somebody bombs your office. Like, yes. <laughs> Chappelle, Chappelle is saying this, like, you guys did exactly what you're supposed to. Can somebody move Paula's spleen off of that cabinet? It is very distracting. Didn't like 30 people die in this office? And he's literally yeah. like going like, oh, you guys, you're so goddamn good. You're all getting a second floor and you're having I'm, a trip to Bermuda. Ignore the bodies. I, I'm, I'm not saying that, it, oh, it was, the, it was the Navy's fault for Pearl Harbor, but, but like it would basically be like after Pearl Harbor ha- happens, saying all of you sailors, all you pilots, you guys did a bang up job. This is what you're hired for. Like, it's no, no, it's, this is the biggest disaster in the history of CTU. Somebody has bombed your office. And let's bring up 9-11 again, because we're always going there. Like, like after like <laughs> in the hours of 9-11, like everybody is like praising like the FDMY, the NYPD, because you know, they were doing their job. But like obviously hundreds of people died from the FDMY and NYPD. So the NYPD and the FDMY are going like, oh yes, we're all heroes. They're like mourning the death of their like, you know, well, brothers and sisters in this tragedy and they're like not taking the and everyone who sees you is like oh we are pretty fucking good aren't we like I mean, we, <laughs> yeah LA's alive because of us we deserve our rewards right now bugger the 30 people that died in our office like less than 24 hours ago I mean those the, I wanted Chappelle Bill those were the 30 that held you guys back you be happy City, that they're gone <laughs> Oklahoma City bombing how many people died in that building the survivors aren't going like well at least we survived <laughs> we did our job right <laughs> we weren't in office 12B where the bomb went off losers 
Oh. <laughs> Rip um, to all the CTU workers, by the way. They, they did their job. Paula, your spleen looks good on the wall. <laughs> it's but it's season one all over again. It's the freaking seven four seven blown up the Mojave Desert. Oh, we did that, yeah. all right? Like again, I know we can't sit around mourning all day. Like oh my god, they're dead. But like I mean, still like have a line, like have a have a memorial service. Like oh, it's a twelve hour <laughs> anniversary. Like the like when, when Palmer like you know comes and does his conference in like LA in like two hours, do it at CTU. Like you know, mm-hmm. honor the victims of this government organization that tried to fucking say like. I don't know how much of Homeland you remember or watch, but there was that one where, like, it was like season two, season three, when, like, the vice president gets blown up in, like, that thing at Congress or something <laughs> like that. Um, spoiler alert if you haven't seen Homeland. But, like, then, like, the whole next season was all about, like, the memorial wall and, like, all the things and all this kind of stuff. I don't think we ever see a plaque or anything at CTU in another season, like, to the dedicated workers of CTU <laughs> got blown up in the day that we were so successful stopping a bomb. So here's some cake. <laughs> <laughs> They, they, they named a socket in Memorial of Paula. <laughs> the Paula socket. The Paula, Give me Paula socket Paula command. Memorial, open the Paula Memorial socket. <laughs> yep. Yep. Uh, Jack's storyline really doesn't have as much going on as uh, any of the other storylines in this episode. But when you said, you know, Kiefer is so good, uh, Penny Johnson and Gerald so good, they make this. And, and the guy, I don't even know the name of the guy uh, who plays Alex Hewitt here. Rick D. Uh, Wasserman. Yeah, things. no, no knock against him, but I mean, it, it, he's clearly not at the Kiefer Sutherland, Penny Johnson, Gerald level in this episode. Because I just spent the entire episode and want to punch this guy in the throat, you know, like, <laughs> like come on, just shut up already. Um, and maybe that's the point. I mean, his character is supposed to be kind of panicky and all that, but uh, I, I do love just Jack the spy. We, we we literally pick up after that quick flash of Sherry in the last episode, Jack her spying around. Uh, and the way that he takes out her bodyguard in like one second <laughs> too. Uh, and, and this, this is my favorite part of the entire episode here is where he, who, who are you? It's like uh secret service X. I'm like, <laughs> yes, because we only hire X secret service to work for X first ladies. Like, <laughs> is there an X secret service out there? Whereas there's people who, who either are for, or these are the exes of current secrets. Yes, my wife is on secret service. We had a falling out. That, that's that's Pierce's uh, partner. Uh. Exactly. Pierce has moved on to Palmer from his ex here. Uh, this, are you secrets? You're like, what is this? A line of the episode. Secret Service. <laughs> but even then, I'm sorry. Your name is Secret Service. I can't tell you that, sir. It's a secret. Yeah. <laughs> And, like, wouldn't Sherry still get Secret Service? Like, presidents, until the day they die, their family members get secret. I'm pretty sure the Bush twins still have Secret you, Service agents. It's, um, I mean, I I think, like, even, like, because Pam was a senator, so, because she obviously was never technically the first lady, was she? But I, I think they would have, uh, you get, when you leave office, you get it offered to you, and pretty much everyone takes it up. And because then, like every ex-president gets, like, multiple millions of dollars worth of a budget on security. They still get, like, travel. They, You know, they get everything. They're an ex-president mm-hmm. in the USA. But I don't know how it works for, like, the ex-wife of a senator who is now the president. Um, there yeah, has to like, be something. Did they, did they, they're divor- there was no way their divorce was finalized before he took office. <laughs> you I don't know? know. I mean, no matter what Maybe. happens, she is the mother of the president's children. So, like, I mean, I'm sure yeah, that, like, Putin exactly. can still kidnap Sherry Palmer and there's going to be a big deal about it, right? The, the government's just going to be like, oh, fuck, she's the ex-wife of the president. Who cares? Like, <laughs> yeah, you got to wonder, it's like, wh- why, why is nobody, 
rushing in to help Ukraine. The second that Putin comes in and kidnaps Penny Johnson Gerald, America is <laughs> well, not going to stand for it. <laughs> no, exactly. Putin, if you're listening. Um, well, let's not put ideas do in it. There. He's, he's crazy enough to do it. <laughs> Big listener. Uh, Vladimir Putin to the Elf <laughs> Network. Huge listener. Uh, we really need to get somebody in Russia as a correspondent on this show because uh, this, this, so this, this is going to sound weird, but I, I know Noah's not in North Korea, but like there have been times legitimately in the middle of recording where one of us has made a joke and Noah's like, I don't know how much the North Koreans listen. Like, yeah, shut up. <laughs> well, you know, I'm in America right now, so I don't know how much the Russians are listening. So, uh, hello, Mr. Putin. Oh, they, um, they definitely are. <laughs> please, please, please don't do what you're doing. It's bad and stop giving drugs to your athletes all right yeah and, and if you're gonna if you're gonna take somebody don't take penny take the guy who plays alex hewitt because i really want to punch <laughs> this guy in the throat and miguel that guy's got and no miguel, leg yeah yeah <laughs> Limpy. But, but but please leave us billy girk yeah. and, and duffy, duffy demetrius duffy. not duffy duffy girk and demetrius there's yeah. it's a new buddy comedy girk and demetrius <laughs> Gotta find a bomb. Uh. <laughs> um, but uh, like, there's so much good back and forth dialogue. And, and again, this is where the writing has gotten good because they are showing all the characters' motivations, right? Except for Tony <laughs> and Michelle. Uh, but the, the way that like Sherry's, I mean, there's no way to even sum it up other than just saying this entire episode on Jack and Sherry's part is them both playing each other and, and holding their cards a little, Oh, Oh, sure. I'll help you, Jack. And then it's like, well, wait a second, Jack, but, but, but I'm going to demand this. And then talking to Hewitt, like it's just so much back. This is politics. This is Sherry Palmer proving she'd be a better president than David Palmer. Uh, <laughs> there's so much that goes on in this one thing. You know, she's wearing a protector. I want immunity. Uh, but, uh, I want immunity for Hewitt as well. And, and you don't, th- I don't even think that her and Hewitt had met, had they, like, there's nothing here that says that they had met before. Don't think so, yeah. They talked on the phone, obviously, or something, yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, when we get the confirmation, too, that, like, David was removed from office, here's where the motivation gets a little bit stupid, though. Like, I want Sherry to just never bend from her story of, I did it all for David. But for when she actually says, I was very angry that he divorced me, so I decided I was going to collaborate with terrorists and try to bomb my country. Like, that does not check out, Sherry. I'm sorry. Well, I didn't yeah. think they'd go through with the bomb. I mean, I loved her you know, saying, because it wasn't earlier in the season where she was saying, yeah, I was trying to push you, David, to making a tough decision because, you know, pe- people don't see you as a ballsy president. Make that the motivation. Make it where she wants to come back and make it that I was making myself you know, uh, so valuable to David. I knew that I could use this knowledge that checks out, but just saying I'm an angry ex-wife, it, it doesn't work at all. Shame on you, Duppy for making Sherry that superficial. I think it just, but the beauty of Penny Johnson, Gerald, is that like legitimately she tells like 50 different stories about what she's doing it for. And you kind of believe every single one of them. Um, yeah. but like, yeah, I think that the overall motivation it's, it's, oh yeah, I'm, I'm a scorned ex-wife. I'm going to nuke my country. Like it's, um, it's, and but this is the thing with Sherry, which is I always dislike what they do with Sherry because it's like they get this amazing actress who like makes sinister and everything so great, and then they just seemingly go out of their way like, well, you know, everyone's going to hate Sherry because she's the vindictive ex-wife, and as we pointed out last season, wasn't really bad. There was like yeah. you know one thing that she like you know yeah maybe don't force somebody to sleep with your husband, but even then like <laughs> just manipulative, maybe not evil. Like Palmer did the right thing, but like it's still. 
at a point now where they've probably gone, maybe they just sat around at the beginning of the season and go, oh, Sherry's really not that evil, but people think she's evil. <laughs> Fuck it, she's involved with a nuclear bomb plot. Like, it's just, it's, it's odd. And, like, what also will not make sense with this is bookmark this and remember when she comes back next season of how, mm-hmm. <laughs> then, like, it's more Wayne next season. But, like, I guess... Why does Palmer even have anything to do with this woman next season? When again, it's like I was yeah. angry at you, David, so I was going to nuke the country. Oh, well, I'll still see you next week. Yeah, drop Keith and Nicole off. Yeah, they'll be around the White House by he's, seven. He's still in her. Exactly. I mean, who wouldn't be? Let's be honest. I mean, Jacqueline, well, Alex, the chemistry. He, Alex Hewitt is within five seconds. Yeah, I think she likes yeah, him. I love yeah. that. I love Jack's basically complaining. I think she likes you. It's like, you think? Do I have a chance? <laughs> we, all, we all do, son. Uh, like, <laughs> but, like, this, this, what's so good about this, too, is just how good Keith Sutherland and Penny Johnson Gerald are together. Like, yeah. And, so, and when I say chemistry, like, yeah, I'd like to go there. But, like, just even just the fact that they're back. Because we, we literally only had, like, one scene with them last season, didn't we? Where, like, even that bit where Sherry's like, Jack Bauer, I thought it was you. Uh, like, just, it's so great. And just, you're right, the way they're playing off each other is so amazing. And just, Kiva Sutherland, like, he literally starts his, the first five minutes of this episode yelling, like, Damn it, give me the code! I'm Jack Bauer! And then five seconds later, he's literally just like, I'm here for you, Alex. Like, just the way he, and like, just yeah. he's got that subtle little, the way he's kind of like, when you say, like, I think she likes him. I think she likes you too. Just, he just <laughs> charms it, Keeper. Like, he can yell at me and then charm me five, say, what a man. And like, I I, I don't want to sound like I'm, I'm saying that Alex's character is poorly written. It's just, I think he's supposed to be, you're, you're supposed to be I annoyed with him. to be like that. Yeah, I agree with you. Yeah, you're, you're, he's ruining everybody's plans here and he's, he's panicky. And I, I mean, we wish that Kim had been a little bit more of an Alex Hewitt throw this season, maybe. But uh, that'd but be a good couple. The way that, like, well, but but he's also smart enough to pick up on the fact that he. You said that he was not nice, but he's being very nice. Something <laughs> suspicious here. Uh, <laughs> and even just the way that Jack and Sherry, it's like a constant chess match, and they can see the other ones up to something. They're like, wait a second. You're being slightly meaner now than you were two seconds ago. I smell a rat, Bauer. And it's the same thing with don't trust her. Like this entire episode from them is basically just a chess match of manipulation. And it's so subtle. And this is what one of the best things about this season. And I'm sad that it is coming this late in the season. But like they have nailed having these two characters together being the key to success. Yeah. And even even the little thing, like I already mentioned it with uh Tony giving the line to Jack saying there's such a small margin of error that has finally really sunk into the audience here. And I think that's why as many problems as season two has, I can't fault the ending of season two because they build the tension around recording to be so high because they have taken away and there are going to be a million times coming up in 24. James Bond is done at mission impossible. Everything now just relies on you're a rogue agent operating outside. Jack's not a rogue agent here. They're just not helping him, and that's well, what's made this more tense. He's still technically not an agent. I don't think he still has ever been technically reinstated this day. Yes, <laughs> technically. <laughs> but, I mean, but, like, the, what yeah. makes this so tense is it's that line, that narrow margin of error, where you realize they have carefully orchestrated this plot, not the other plots before, but this recording and the Kingsley drama so well that it, it, it's, it, it works because you have a Chappelle saying, he can bring in the evidence. I'll look at it. I'm just not going to help him because yeah. you have Prescott saying, well, if there's evidence, we'd love to hear it. But until there is evidence, we're going to follow the expert's advice. That's what makes this work so much better than maybe some better seasons in the future with some 
worse written plots. Because next season is the only season we've we've talked about this before, but season three is the only season where you start a season of twenty four and Jack is a CTU agent. Season one, yeah, but like yeah, season two, he's technically not, and he's still technically not. Season four, he's like Private working security. with the secretary of yeah, basically. Season five, he's off with Connie Britton because who wouldn't be? Um, mm-hmm. Season <laughs> six, he's coming back from China. Um, Season seven is he with the FBI, or he was working with the FBI in seasons. No, he's he I gets thought brought he was to recruited. work. Yeah, he gets yeah. brought into work for the FBI in season eight. I can't even remember how season eight starts. Um, and then freaking London season, he's being emo with Chloe, basically. Um, yeah. But we're only like three episodes away from Chloe, by the way, people. So, uh, but just remember, <laughs> season three, annoying Chloe. But um, so yeah, like the, the two things I'll just say about everything that you're saying, though, like with this. Like, this Hewitt, the way they're getting this evidence is Hewitt sitting on the computer going, I'm going to create a fake file right now to show how easy it's done. Okay. He's not I the will only blow audio- their minds, I think, is this line. <laughs> but, like, he's not the only audio technician in probably in the world who can do this. So, like, yeah. what if they've gotten the wrong guy? And they're basically like, this is just Alex Hewitt. Oh, the real guy is, like, Jack Smiggins. Like, and he's the one. Because, like, wouldn't it be more of a case of, I've got on a backup drive the fight, the original source material. Like, I mean, maybe they say exactly, that because, yeah. because like, I, I swear here, he's just going to be like, I'm going to get your voice. I'm going to get your voice. I'm going to make it sound like you're about to start yeah, World War Three. You know, it's going to be the Simpsons. Like, hello, Smithers. You're <laughs> quite good at turning me on. <laughs> Which, I mean, this is like, you, you bag out me and die another day, love and gene sequencing. It's not even real. Like, even today, I don't think we have a technology exists that you can, like, make a completely valid recording that sounds like people are declaring war. Like, there are ways and means about doing things, and you can sort of have voice recognition that slightly does it. But um, anyway, like, there's a reason why in Rogue One we only get, like, a few lines here and there that they kind of, you know, are able to blend together. The one thing that I thought about in this episode, though, too, is, like, obviously loved having Sherry back earlier in the season, and this is, like, you know, she's back, but, like, how more effective would this season have been if the first appearance of Sherry at all was last week? Like, like when she like turns oh, her yeah. head and that, like that, like we didn't see her at all. Like I'm kind of thinking about like, in all seriousness, like did Sherry bring anything to the plot earlier in this season? Like you didn't mm-hmm. need her. Like this would have been epic. Like if like what, four episodes from the end, that was a plot twist. Like fuck Sherry's back. Um, and then that this is the episode of like revealing like that she's been involved in this. Like that to me would have been, so much better and not to take away from having however many episodes we had of Penny Johnson Gerald earlier this season and I think we even said back then like it's great that she's back but have they brought her back a little bit too early similar to Nina but like I just thought like wow like this would have been a huge mm-hmm. twist if you could just bring her back in episode 21 for two seconds and you're like fuck gotta watch next week Sherry's back like why is Sherry here like it's you still got the same well, effect but it's not it's not as big as if she didn't appear earlier in this season and it's similar to like what I was saying for most of season one that I kind of it's like I like what they did with David, but there's, there's a part of me that wishes that the first appearance of David Palmer and, and any of his family is at the assassination attempt that that would have been the way to bring in a character. And I just had this flash when you said that about a very similar reaction, imagining how good that cliffhanger was last week where you get the briefest shots of Sherry. Imagine if that was the only time you saw Sherry this season, like it would have been fantastic. Yeah, I agree. And it's, I mean, again, not to take away from it, it's still fantastic. And this episode just like, I mean, it's it's completely saved by just how good these two are with each other. And then can we also just point out, Sherry getting stabbed. And I love how, yeah. like, basically she's laid there, help me. And Jackson looks at it and just goes down a <laughs> rabbit hole. Goes back. Yeah, I, I, that's, that is, 
it's the perfect bookend to what I was saying, the chess match between the two of them, because they don't care. Like it's, it, it, she's still manipulating. Even her saying, help me. I mean, I doubt she's, well, you know, she's not going to die. You know, it's not like life or death, but that is just Sherry being like, no, help me, you know? She's and very and like, Sherry. Nah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And it's also just so Jack be like, Oh, nah. <laughs> After this well, I want to punch him in the throat. <laughs> like, exactly. It's, it's literally the right call. World War III. It is the right but call. Like, it, yeah. Well, we're criticizing things like Tony using chloroform <laughs> because it doesn't make sense. And so many other things this season because it doesn't check out with their characters. That is what Jack would do. That's his job. And they didn't have to write in a moment of Sherry saying, help me. But you have one line that, that helps you perfectly sum up the Sherry character and the Jack character with yeah. a single line of dialogue after you've expertly done it for an entire episode. You talk about things being well shot too. Like earlier in this episode when like Jack's yelling at Sherry and then kind of he, I love it. Like I actually, I always forget that he doesn't actually shoot Sherry. That bit when he shoots a gun near her and she, the way she kind of reacts, you the think like, fuck shot. Jack just shot Sherry. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's going to tell his daughter to needlessly kill someone in about 40 minutes. So it wouldn't surprise him. But like, I love it. Like when you got the bullet holes and he, like, just a secret agent Jack, and he kind of realizes there's somebody in there and he kind of just like, yeah, come out with the head. I heard. Like, it's really cool. Don't took out germs. Um, but yeah, it's it's just it's well shot and just like you said before about how like oh why isn't it daylight? Do we even see outside in this episode at all? Like I think when Kim yeah, comes up to so. Gary's house, his house, uh, it's the only well, point we see it. But you know, yeah, next episode she looks out just, the window to see the cop, and it's like pitch black. And you, but you know it's going to be daylight. They're going to have like a needless shot of sunrise in like the first two minutes of next mm-hmm. episode, and boom, it's daylight. That's how sunrise and sunset works in Los Angeles <laughs> in the early two thousands. Um, trivia: I've got nothing for this episode unless I'm scrolling and can't find it. Um, do you it's have the anything? Billy Gurk, in your book? The Billy Gurk lines on the twenty fourth. <laughs> That's <Phantom>. it. <laughs> um, I've got 24 has a production cycle, which is unique in the television world. The vast majority of scripted one-hour dramas are shot on an eight-day cycle. From the beginning, it was decided that 24 would shoot episodes in a more efficient 15-day cycle, making two episodes at once. That's cool. Um, They've got a research files on Hacker. Michelle traces a chip programming to a hacker named Alex Hewitt. A hacker is a tag associated with someone who is extremely proficient (laughs) with computers. Oh, thank you, research files. Um, And there's... A bit here in the book. This is, by the way, uh, the official 24 companion written by Tara DeLulio. Uh, story editor Duffy Demetrius started working on 24 <laughs> during the second season. Episode 22 became his debut script, co-written by then story editor Virgil Williams. Um, Duffy says, I was surprised that we were given such a big responsibility for that season. It was a big turnaround episode. Reflecting on the script, he says there are two scenes that really stand out for him. The first being Kim manages to knock Gary out and then calls Jack to have stuff. So oh, you love that scene, do you, duppy? Good on you. Uh, as for the most satisfying part of the script, I'd say it's a Jack Sherry Palmer story. Jack has followed a lead to a man who is responsible for fabricating, blah, 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 blah. Cool. Good on you, duppy Demetrius. Um, that's all I've got. Um, I'm still flip-flopping in my head what I want to do with this. Uh, I, I know I'm buying the episode, but I'm kind of looking at my rankings, figuring out where I'm going to put it. But I mean, I, I if it wasn't for the Jack and Sherry stuff, I think this is easily a renter. Um, but Jack and Sherry is so, this is a rare instance where one of the storylines is so good that it like instantly pushes it up to a buy for me. Uh, definitely a buy. Um, I think that like, if you had to, you know, refresh my memory instead of a week ago, like, 
I would have been like you, like, oh my God, the Kim shoots Gary storyline is so stupid. That's going to make this like drop down. But it's, it's literally the opposite. Like the Sherry Jack stuff is so good. Like, as I said, the, the dumb stuff in this episode is just almost hilariously good. Like them chloroforming <laughs> Chappelle and then basically Kim conducting cold-blooded murder. Like, again, on paper, if you... Like, I read out the dot points of last week's episode where it's like, you know, Kim shoots Gary, Michelle and Tony drug Chappelle. Like, and I'm going to read the dot points out for next week. I, I haven't watched next week yet, so, like, we'll see how that goes. But, um, yeah, bye for me. And, yeah, I haven't actually rated this. I'm looking at my list. Um... See, last week was good. No, it's not better than last week. But I can't remember episode. I've got here episode nine of this season was at 18. Um, I'm going to... Oh, but is this better than the pilot, though? Um, You know what? It weirdly is. Uh, I'm going to put this at 17th. Just one Ooh. spot above the pilot. You, you know, yeah. I, I, I was flip-flopping between a few spots here. I'm putting this just below episode 20 of season one. Uh, which was the Lou Diamond Phillips episode. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have this at number 16 overall. So we're only Ooh. one spot off. Um, but yeah, like it, it, it's weird that you do think about this episode and you're like, all right, David, you know, just talking to Pierce, uh, giving up his codes, Tony chloroform, Kim and Gary again. But like Jack and Sherry is like, <laughs> I, I would almost go as far as to say that it's better than Jack and David. You know, mm. the, the Jack and David scenes are so good because you, you have this different relationship. But let, let's give the credit to Duppy here. I mean, the way that he wrote, you could have written Jack and Sherry any other way. The way that they decided to write and present Jack and Sherry together, like it couldn't have been better. I, I think I, that this might be the best interaction between two characters that we get. Which I think in a weird way, like Jack and Sherry are very similar. Like they're willing to do whatever it takes to get what they want, uh, which is often not the best way of doing it. The difference is, is that like we love Jack for it and we hate Sherry for it. So I think it's Mm -hmm. like, it's a perfect balance between these two. And yeah, I'd agree with you. I'm like, we've had two episodes in a row, which have been very dialogue drama heavy that really haven't had much action in it, but they've actually been really fucking good. Um, Which I mean, again, that's not to take away from the fact we love our action in 24, but there's a time and place where it just doesn't work. Um, you know, I think yeah. the best action of last season was, you know, like the mid-season sort of the shootout from the compound and obviously the finale when Jack goes crazy with the Drazens. Um, I mean, even this season, if you think about the action, have we really had good action this season? Like, not no. really. <laughs> like, I, when I think about the action of season two, um, I think finale. one of the good ones we had was the, um, well, yeah, the finale is going to blow your mind. I mean, I think the shootout... Uh, with Yusuf and Jack and the, the kind of blind shootout they had was decent. Uh, but it's not something that ever stuck in my memory until I rewatched this just recently. Yeah. And then I would always probably think about the um, the bomb, which there's no action to that. I mean, it's tension, but it's just a plane flying and then a flash in the desert. The, so When they're chasing yeah, him on the runway, maybe. But like, again, even then, like you just kind of struggle with like the, the flashes mm-hmm. of action, like, you know, pilot bang, we're going to need a hacksaw and, um, chloroform. Yeah. yeah chloroform. <laughs> um, you know, Kim, uh, Gary in the karate kick losing his leg, uh, Ma- uh, Miguel, sorry. Um, yeah, like it's, it's actually not been a very action heavy season and the action that's happened hasn't been brilliant. Uh, next week we're, I mean, we're in the final two episodes now, yeah. but we're, we're going to get Kingsley. Kingsley's going to finally become more than just uh, a guy on the phone. I think he's still technically on the phone next week's episode, but we're going <laughs> to, 
he's going to become the, the big villain. He's going to, he's going to Dennis Hopper himself in the next episode. Uh, and um, more Mike, Mike and David, this is, this is kind of this week. The one that we just talked about was we're stalling people. And next week's like, we're going somewhere with this bear with us. Uh, and then the finale, which I mean, everything about the finale is I think going to be near perfect unless I have a complete turnaround and uh, my memory of the finale and all the times I used to watch this is completely false. And the rest of season two has ruined it. I feel like the finale is like, Oh, I I love everything about it. So two more episodes to go. We're getting so close. And then we get Chloe. I think at the end of the day, 24 does finales brilliantly. When we talk a lot about that on all of the shows that we've covered here on the Oz network, but I mean, yeah, even no matter what I ever think of season two, I always remember the finale. It's it's not season one finale, but it's still good. I mean, definitely remember season three finale, season four, five. Even I think season six finale has, it's like, okay, shit season, but there. Yeah. And then seven and eight, I'm like, what happened in those finales again? Um, <laughs> as often is the case with season seven and eight, I'm like, yeah, what happened in those seasons again? But um, yeah, so we're obviously two weeks, but I'll just, I'll read the dot points from the official guide of the three steals that they give for next week. Jack shoots Hewitt. Spoiler alert. Michelle and Tony are imprisoned. Spoiler alert. Jack has an attack. That's it. <laughs> Panic. Allergy. <laughs> Dance. Um, <laughs> disco fever hits him. <laughs> uh, I just want after everything Jack has been through this season, you know, he he, he shoots Hewitt and, and he's got uh, Sherry bleeding. It's like, oh, 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 get my EpiPen. I got stung by a bee. <laughs> But I mean, at the end of the day, we we should remember that like what two hours ago, three hours ago, Jack was dead and got injected with that <laughs> fluid, which that doctor was like, if you don't get something to him in ten minutes, he'll drown. Well, nothing got given to Jack. Um, so, <laughs> he's had a hard day, Jack. He was crying over his <laughs> wife twenty hours ago. And now he's trying to get the pants of a blonde woman. So yeah. Do you know what I'm actually really saying? I, I mean, we're we're coming up on the game. I mean, do we want to do an episode on the game? I mean, if I owned like, it's it, not I would s- play it. Uh, it's been like yeah. 15 years, but like, I think we could watch you. Yeah, I mean, I think we could I, because like the thing with the game is there is a storyline to it that's canon. And like, I guess you would argue, well, then why aren't we doing all the books that are canon? But I think the game's different. Like, well, we'll discuss. We'll, I think because there's enough YouTube clips of it you could probably see because there's literally like yeah. YouTube clips. I've watched the story of 24th. And I sort of remember it. It's like literally they're trying to stop a sniper. And the guy that you meet at the end of this season and you literally see him in the final scene, he's like the he's big the bad of the, of the game. game. And it's all about protecting Prescott. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, we could. It, it, was, it, it, it was a I good game. It, it's... Because I'm I'm very curious to see if we could do some research and find out whether that was the plans for a season three that didn't happen. Because to me, it always felt like season two ends not with we have a game that's coming out. Let's set up some plot points. But this is where season three is going to go. And then maybe somebody intervened and said, "Nah, we're going to do something different for season three. And then they had to tie it up for the game. It it does. Because I think the thing with the game, though, is it definitely ties up like because what happens at the end of this season to what we get at the beginning of season three there's literally like not a whole lot of backstory. We kind of get thrown straight into season three. So yeah, we could. Yeah. And I think, but cause I think like moving forward um, for like season four, I think it starts in season four onwards for about the next four seasons. They have like a five to 10 minute prequel of every season of 24. Um, mm-hmm. So like, I mean, obviously we're not gonna do an episode just on a five minute prequel, but like, you know, we, I think it's important that we should probably in the premiere episode of season four onwards always talk about the prequel. Cause there's a bit of uh, like the famous, yeah. I'm pretty sure it's season four, the famous Jack Bauer tells the boss at the time to get fucked. So we get the first F bomb ever from Jack Bauer. 
uh, he's basically like, you can go fuck yourself and like walks out of the office. So it's like, oh, Jack Bauer says the F-bomb. So things like that. But yeah, but like, no, I'm, I'm down I, for a game episode. Yeah, because I think if we're going to be doing Redemption, uh, the game yeah. is just as relevant to storylines that aren't tied up as Redemption is to setting up future things. So We didn't yeah, do Lost X, whatever it was called, the game on our Lost coverage. But I mean, to be honest, like I think that was just set in the universe. It wasn't like a bridging episode between yeah. seasons. So, yeah. Well, yeah, like you have the TV shows that do games like like Lost. You said Alias's video game. You know, they, they yeah, definitely did a video game. ER's video game, yeah. CSI. Long ER's order. video they game, actually videos. pretty good. Surprisingly good. But anyway. I never played it, but I was interested in it. But but I mean, like, you know, all those other shows, there's ties to it. Like, you, you they're using the production crews. But like, 24s, they basically treated it as this is an essential viewing story. It was always um, called, so, like, 2.5. Like, they actually went out of yeah. their way to be like, this is, yeah. Desperate Housewives also did a video game. Never played it, though. <laughs> did they? They did, Yeah. <laughs> Is it just like, you know, how lustingly do you want to stare at the guy cutting I, the grass? I think it's kind of like a sim style. Like ER was kind of like that crazy hospital. Like it was like a hospital simulator, but like they had got like mm. the voices of like Noah Wiley and Mackay Pfeiffer and stuff. It was actually like seriously surprisingly good. It sounds shit, but it actually wasn't bad. I think I never played Desert House Eyes, but I think it was literally like a sim clone with just, you know, maybe Terry Hatcher did a voice for five minutes or something. I don't know. What other TV shows can we get video games? Breaking Bad, does that not have a video game? Doesn't, no. Not that I'm aware of. Um, I know Buffy, because when I got the 24 video game, I remember getting the Buffy PS2 game. Um, I don't know. The video game. Friends, the the late show with David Letterman video game. Um, (laughs) Yeah, well, since Everybody loves Raymond, the video game. You know, you wouldn't like friends did the board game and there was like the Seinfeld like board game. Like they all, I had, I had a 24 board game and I thought it was like 24 seen it, but it was literally less like a, remember like DVD video games were a thing. So you like, you had your board and like you did like mini games on the DVD. And I remember like it was started off. Okay. But then like literally you got to like a level where like it was just pointless mini game where you just could not beat it. And I was just like, fuck this shit. And I just gave up. (laughs) So Yeah. And if you do beat it, it's like, that was a test. You passed. And that's the end of the game. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right. Home stretch is coming up. Uh, and as well, our other episodes that we do, uh, not we, when I say we, I mean, Ben, uh, Breaking Bad and Lost is Lost back yet. When is Lost coming back? Uh, this episode is going out in April. We're planning to have Lost come out in April. So yeah, it's, it's sh- season six right. should be starting, but um, got to work out some logistics of that. So stay tuned. And maybe they'll play the game. Who knows? Maybe. <laughs> Noah, that's on your checklist. I think Noah said he didn't. I I, I owned it and it wasn't very good. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I, I'm, when you said 24 in the board game, I don't know if we owned it. But like I, I, I know it existed, but I almost feel like I might have played it, but I can't, I can't I, remember anything about it. I think I got it for Christmas when it was brand new and then like, you know, got rid of it. But when I was living in Victoria in um our apartment complex they had like the certain sort of section where like people would leave stuff where they didn't want anymore so like hey i've got an extra bag of rice and like you know he's whatever and they would often leave books and like vhs's and things like that and one time there was like the 24 game like oh i own this once i'll bring it upstairs why not and i didn't i never I just sat in my like shelf i never tried it out again so if i was still living there i would own that still but yeah well, you would have borrowed it, <laughs> second-handed well, it. Somebody else owned it. <laughs> they probably it just back. forgot it there. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, so we will be back 
We will be back with the dogs. Uh, <laughs> Listen, my name. Seven. <laughs> uh, my name is Duppy Demetrius Hilding. And I was going to say my name is uh, Duppy Girk. And I am your lawyer, son. Thanks for downloading this episode of the Oz Network. Make sure you never miss an episode by subscribing to the podcast via Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, or by copying our RSS feed into your preferred podcast provider. And while you're there, please drop us a rating and leave us some feedback. You can also be sure to stay up to date with all the latest episodes and happenings from the show, as well as finding out how you can get involved in upcoming episodes by following our social media pages on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram, as well as getting everything you need under one roof at theoznetwork.net. Thanks again for listening and we'll speak to you next time. like exclusive stuff? Yes, sir. Do you like having access to your favourite podcast hosts in a way like never before? Yeah, absolutely. Do you wish you had access to our old Survivor Oz episodes that you can't find anywhere else online? Oh, yeah. If you answered yes to one, two or all of those questions, then get excited because the Oz Network is now on Patreon. That's right, your favourite podcast has jumped on the Patreon bandwagon to enable a better listening experience for you, our listener. For more details, simply head to www.patreon.com forward slash oznetwork where you can sign up for as little as $3 a month. It'll be the best decision you make since that last bad one you made.